Next, this month's special series, Focus on Global Medicine. ReachMD is taking an in-depth look at how medicine is working toward health and longevity for people around the world. Join us all this month for the latest medical research and treatment across borders. Two brothers from Luwala, Kenya, traveled to the United States to go to college and then medical school and now are building a clinic in their own village. You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to a special segment, Focus on Global Health. I'm your host, Dr. Maurice Pickard. And joining me today are two brothers, Drs. Milton and Fred Oching. One is a resident in internal medicine at Washington University at Barnes Jewish Hospital in St. Louis. And Fred, the younger one, is a third-year student at Vanderbilt Medical School in Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you both for joining us today. Thank you. I know you both grew up in Luwala, a small town in Kenya, and now have completed building a clinic in this town. Could you tell me, where did you get the concept and the motivation to make this happen? This is Milton Ochiang. So thank you, Dr. Pickard. The concept of building the clinic in Luwala village was an idea that my younger brother Fred and I and our late father kept thinking of us, we were exposed to the devastation of you know, living in a place with no electricity and no running water and with very poor access to health care. And so, you know, we had people who would fall ill in the village and it would take over two hours to get them to the nearest hospital 30 kilometers away. Is this by ambulance that you took that long? No, actually, it would be a matter of getting people putting them on a wheelbarrow or putting it on the back of a bicycle. And, you know, you'd have two people propping them up on the back of a bicycle if they were strong enough to balance on the bicycle and then have another person at the handlebars kind of pushing the bicycle. And so it would take over 45 minutes or an hour to get to the nearest paved road. And then once after getting to the paved road, then you'd have to wait and flag down the next available taxi or means of public transportation to get you to the nearest hospital. So as you can imagine, people would have emergencies, medical emergencies, malaria or convulsions or any type of complications in childbirth. We had women who just bled to death being pushed on a wheelbarrow in an attempt to get them to the hospital. And so we grew up seeing this firsthand in our relatives, family members, and other members of the community, and always kind of longed for the opportunity to make a difference in the community. And that opportunity presented itself many, many years later when we attended college at Dartmouth. And I was able to attend, I was part of a community health system where we went to build a women and children's clinic in Nicaragua. And while I was there, I saw firsthand the difference that we were able to make as just college students. And in Nicaragua, they had no electricity and no running water. And I was able to draw a parallel to what was going on in our own village. And so at that moment, I thought, well, you know, even as a sophomore in college, I thought, well, we could transfer that similar idea back to Kenya. And so that's kind of where the idea was born of actually building the clinic. And so then I just told Fred that he was going to be in charge of fundraising. And then we kind of started from there, got in touch with our mentors at Dartmouth College. And then later on, when I went to medical school at Vanderbilt, 
I also got in touch with my mentors at Vanderbilt Medical School. And the other impetus for action was the fact that right about that time, our mother died of AIDS. And then a year and a half later, our dad also passed away with AIDS. And so it was you know, really devastating, but we also knew that we needed to act fast in order to help the other people in the community get better access to health care. How big is the village itself, and who comes to your village now for medical care? I mean, what are the numbers? This is Fred Ochien. So the village in itself, if you were to look at an area of about three kilometers squared, about 1,500 people, but then it really is hard to define the limits of a village because, you know, people who live on that across the river from you, you could still consider them as being part of the village. So it really is hard to define mm-hmm. how big the village is. But that being said, when we were starting the construction of the clinic, we thought of ourselves as, you know, we live about six miles away from the paved road. So we thought of ourselves as being in an isolated community. So that's why, you know, one of the needs was to bring healthcare closer to the people who are far away from, you know, the paved roads from the bigger hospitals. So what we didn't know was that, you know, as soon as the clinic would start functioning, that we would have people who live in other isolated communities who would come to the clinic to seek help. So we basically have people coming in from 15 kilometers away. They just get on bicycle taxis and they are brought to the clinic. So you have people who live far away from Luala, and they have their relatives in Luala, and they just organize with their relatives to come stay with them for a few days, get treated, and then go back to you know wherever they came from. So I think the catchment area just grew so quickly, you know, and so many people are coming to the clinic, many more than we ever expected would be coming to the clinic. What number do you think are coming or look upon your clinic as the focal point for their health care? So this is Fred Cheng speaking again. So we, in a day, we see about 80 to 110, 120 people. So in a month, on average, we see about 1,300 to 1,500 patients. In just over 18 months of operation, we had seen over 25,000 patients. So, you know, that just tells you it's not just serving this small Small, community that we thought about initially when we began. And this is Milton Jiang speaking. You know, just like Fred said, we've had over 25,000 patients who have been seen since the opening of the clinic over 18 months ago. And, you know, the diseases range from malaria, which is you know, the toughest disease for us to treat at this point, and the most expensive for that matter, and going down the list to you know, upper respiratory infections, diarrheal diseases, HIV, TB, things like getting women the maternal child health care, prenatal care, immunization, public health interventions you know, with regards to drilling wells, protecting community water springs, and, you know, doing other things like dewarming kids. If you're just joining us, you're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Maurice Pickard, and today I'm talking to Milton and Fred Oching, two brothers who had the dream of building a clinic in their town of Luala, Kenya. They both 
have gone to medical school and now are returning, and indeed, the clinic has come to fruition. The community, often in your part of the world, is organized in clans and in kinships. And I wonder, the fact that the two of you are part of this community allowed the community to buy in and accept the idea of building a clinic where somebody else might have had conflict. This is Melton. You know, to answer that, Dr. Pickard, you know, we grew up in a community where kinship ties and clans still run very strong. And so you could definitely see it all the way from the fact that whenever somebody was sick in the village, you know, you'd call on, you know, the other members of your clan. You know, you'd get a sort of a small army of young men, you know, 10 or so people to push the person to the nearest hospital, you know, get it on the back of a bicycle or on a wheelbarrow, you know, they would be kind of switching off and on and rotating. So that's one way of doing it. The other example that I can give is after I got admitted to Dartmouth College and needed the airfare to travel, my parents approached people in my clan to help raise that money, the $900 that was needed. And so they sold, you know, the small things that they had, chicken, cows, goat, sheep, and, you know, corn or whatever else to get that money. And the idea was that, you know, we as children did not belong just to our parents. We belonged to the whole community, and they felt it was their responsibility as well to invest in us. And that same responsibility was passed on to us because they said, well, you know, you're going to America. Just do make sure that you remember where you're from. Remember the challenges that you've faced and that you've seen us facing so that you can help us overcome those. Is there an opportunity for our listeners or some of the organizations that also follow this program to become involved on a visiting clinician's program or in other ways? Again, this is Milton O'Ching. Yes, and ways to get involved range from things that are as easy as just going onto our website at www.loalacommunityalliance.org. Loala is spelled L-W-A-L-A. On that website, you can donate money towards whatever cause that you want to support, if that be education, if you want to help kids go to secondary school and expand their experiences and expand their minds, so to speak, that's one way of helping. Other ways, you know, for uh, we've had kids, elementary school children and college students who've helped us protect community water springs. So if you're interested in public health interventions in terms of improving sanitation, digging latrines, those are also interventions that you can help us support. $3,000 to protect a community water spring that's going to help save the lives of, you know, thousands of kids dying of diarrheal diseases or if you want to support other public health interventions like buying nets, you know, for kids who are under age five or pregnant women or helping us get immunization. So those are ways that you can get involved. The other thing that we're doing right now is also we're partnering with PrimeMed. Uh, it's an organization that assists with the community or rather continuing medical education through Harvard Medical School. And they're sponsoring us in terms of giving us money that we need to build visiting clinicians housing in the village. And so in the next year or two, we're going to have a program, sort of rotating program, where clinicians can visit the clinic, the Lola Community Health Center, and volunteer their time, if that be, you know, three weeks or four weeks at a time, 
and we'll have it rotating in such a manner that, say, if an obstetrician wants to volunteer you know, the week of January, then we'll try to tailor all of our obstetric needs towards that month or internist or family practice physician or something like that. So we really urge our listeners to check out our website and help in terms of donations monetarily and also in terms of manpower. I want to thank Milton and Fred Oshink, who've been our guests today. It makes us all think that so much more can be done by people who are motivated and don't forget where they came from. I want to thank you both again for being with us, and I think you're an inspiration for all our listeners, no matter how long they've been in practice. Thank you. Thank you. I'm your host, Dr. Maurice Pickard, and you've been listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals with our focus on global health. Please visit our website at ReachMD.com. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to this month's special series, Focus on Global Medicine. For a program guide and a complete list of shows, please visit us at ReachMD.com.